You found it. The no-nonsense, no-script podcast you've been waiting for. Real people on real issues. Welcome to Dynamic Independence. The home of logic, reason, and common sense. Let's do it. Thanks, everybody, for joining us today. I'm Johnny Anderson. I'm sitting down today with Bruce Adams and GP. Good afternoon, GP. Thanks for being here today. Bruce, thanks for being here. Uh, see, I didn't forget. I'm starting to remember. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, the last few days, the last few days, I've just gone right into it. I've, I've greeted whoever's been here and I've just kind of said, OK, well, yeah, Bruce is here or whatever. And I just move on. But uh, today I, uh, I didn't forget it. Two days in a row. Right. There's hope for me yet. Right. Yeah. 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 Okay. All right. Um, we do have some stuff we want to talk about today. I do have, let me, let me just run, give a little rundown list here. I want to talk about some CDC numbers today and they're talking about how mm. they want the lockdowns to end now. So we're going to get into some of that. I, I wanted, I do want to get into a little bit of tech. So YouTube has taken an interesting stance on people who criticize the Chinese communist party. So everybody knows that we're big critics of the Chinese communist party here. We're going to discuss that a little bit more importantly. And then anything else that, that Bruce and GP want to get into, we'll, we'll get into uh, some of those things. But first, oh, thank you. I feel like a secondary. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm leading with you. I told you this morning we would Bruce, lead with you. Do you feel okay. important right now? Because I'll tell you what, I don't feel so important. Okay. How about I mean, you? He does, he, he does forget forget me. So, you know. Oh, yes, yes. yes uh-huh. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> OK, so I said this morning as we were leaving this morning, I did say that we would lead with you this afternoon. And I'm I'm keeping to my word on it. GP, you want to lead with you said Twinkies and chips. I'm, I'm curious. I, ha- I have to admit I'm curious. So let's uh, let, let's talk about Twinkies and chips. What do you got? You know, most of these people here in these lockdowns, you know, that and especially they that want to stay in these lockdowns, they're they're having just to decide between whether they want to eat Twinkies and chips. And that's the most difficult decision. They want to stay locked down. They they're happy to get these checks. Well, what most people don't think about, oh man, it's getting me emotional here, is how other countries are suffering. A lot of countries depend on American travel. As many of you know, I'm I'm in and out of Central South America and Southeast Asia and, and different places. And I get to know people. And yesterday I got a message through a line and uh, from some people I know and I know their kids and they're starving. And we're not talking the choice between, OK, I, I, I don't know if I want celery or chips or ding dongs. I'm talking I haven't eaten in two days. This is what's going on around the globe. They're not dropping like flies from COVID-19. <laughs> They're hungry, you know, and it's hard. Uh, I, um, I I don't think a lot of people can really uh, can really grasp the gravity of, of what all this has done. And, and when I say that, I'm, I'm talking they about they don't No, they don't. I, I'm, I'm talking about the way that we're shut down here in the West. What this does to areas of either Latin America or you know Central and South America or parts of Africa or Southeast Asia, these countries are dependent on us. They're dependent on things also like the, the World Food Program that we have set up with the United Nations. Mm-hmm. That's where some of this stuff comes from. And even the, the World Food Program branch of the UN, the head of that has come out and they're talking about the amount of starvation that's going to be going on because of the fact that we're shut down and our supply chain has been disrupted. So this is this is the big issue that I've been clamoring about with all of these farmers, especially in the US, that are plowing their crops under and that are euthanizing their livestock. Why in the hell are we doing that? 
Why on earth are we doing that? Why? Why would you do that? We could take that food and send it. And it's not that hard. Yeah. It just give it, it subsidy really, to the travel, the people that could distribute this food to these places that are they're devastated. You you know, people don't understand when a, when tourists do not come to certain countries that heavily rely on it, the devastation that occurs. You know, for us, we're like 60 days. We're what, 74 days in and we're yeah. OK. OK, some people are, you know, everyone's happy and jovial. I see on Facebook and all these Twitters and news feeds. I don't see anybody looking like the Holocaust. I'm already starting to see it in these places. You know, parts of West Africa. Oh, God. <laughs> My emotions are getting just, it's no, so I, hard. No, I get it. Uh, no, you, I understand. You get the pictures from friends and people and across the, they're sending these. It's hard. I mean, Do people don't remember the concentration camps. People don't remember the hunger from from wars. I mean, I, I understand those listeners in the Middle East, and I know it's, it's, it's hard. And I know what you guys, I see what war has caused where you can't get food and the hunger, the hungry children, it's happening all over now here. And because of this, oh, my God, I can't even talk. You need a minute. I need a minute. This is the like uh, oh. I, I knew that this was coming because I, I heard World Food Program people like representatives come out and they were talking about this and it's getting almost no coverage, like the, almost none. It's not talked about anywhere. It's not mentioned in a, in a newspaper or anything on what's happening in other parts of the world and how devastating this is to them. We're worried about whether or not we're not going to have, uh, I don't know, pork chops for a couple of weeks. That's pretty self-centered. And the people that are continuing this attitude of we need to stay locked down because if it just, if it just saves one life, do you have any idea that you're signing on to, uh, I, I don't want to say... Um, I don't want to say mass genocide, but that's essentially what this is causing, isn't it? It is. So by them pushing that agenda and continuing all this about, you know, we need to stay locked down or, or we can't afford to do this because uh, cases are going to spike and we have to stay away from each other, social distance, which, by the way, we're going to talk about that today. Oh, well, we're going to talk about social distancing today. And they want these other countries to starve because yeah. you know what does cells on freaking media starving children. And that's what you're going to be seeing. You guys are going to be seeing the skinniest kids. Oh, my gosh. It's, it's, but see, this uh, is the problem. Th this is the problem. And they want to see that. They want us to see that. They, they, they're they making them get to that point today so they could say, let's have some more immigration. Let's relax on this. Let's bring in some yes. more refugees. Yes. That's what voters. That, that's what that's all be. they care about. They don't care about these people have pride and they want to live in the countries that they're in. But when you're forcing them to leave through this political nightmare. We got to change, people. We have to change. You know, there are those of us that are ready for that change. I mean, we're ready for that change. We're, we're ready to do this the right way. But as I've said, and I've stated many times, I, and I will say this uh, again and again and over and over until I'm blue in the face, we have got to get these people out of the way. And I'm talking about the ones that are in power now. They've got to get out of the way. The best thing for the West I mean, look, do you, do you know that the United States and and Brazil together with our agricultural powerhouses, just the two of us, do you know that we can feed the world and have a surplus on top of it? It's unbelievable Easy. what those two countries can do. It's unbelievable what those two countries can do. But because of 
government mismanagement, which we talked about yesterday, the, the government mismanagement. I, <laughs> GP, I called yesterday's episode uh, a pandemic mm-hmm. of government mismanagement. And that's precisely what all this is, isn't it? It is. It is. Completely. That, that's that, it's, that who wants is to, it's abs- vying for power. It's just yeah. vying for power. They've gone past the, the phase of, hey, we're not really going for power. We're really worrying about people, too. It's obvious. I need to control you or they need to control you, whatever it may be. And it's ridiculous. You want to make a difference? Yeah, 99.9% of everybody's not being affected by this disease. But you know how many people are being affected by hunger, losing their homes, not being able to take care of their family? Hell of a lot more. Hell when you a lot keep, more. When you keep an economy shut down, and I mean, essentially, that's what they've done. They've turned off They've turned off civilization for a time. I mean, mm-hmm. you, you can see us starting to turn the machine back on now. It's. I mean, we're rapidly trying to do it. And you see now that, that Trump is ignoring everyone. The Germans want to open, right? The, the Germans want to fully open. They want to throw all this stuff out, the mass, the social distancing, all of it. They want it gone. They want it gone within like a week mm-hmm. from now. And the German federal government saying, no, we can't do that. Why? Why? On, the, there are no cases spiking. I don't give a damn what the newspaper says. There are no cases spiking. You know, the, the newspapers in America, they're coming out saying they've got cases spiking in 20 states right now. Like, yes. I, I don't believe that for a second. I don't believe that for a second. No, no. These people they are- do. OK, stop. They are spiking. You know why what? they're spiking? Yes, they're doing because more testing. Because we're testing more. Yes, That's they're doing it. more testing. And know what they're doing when there's more testing? We don't like these results to these people that don't have any symptoms. We're going to throw those freaking out. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, OK, we'll get to we'll get the results here in a little bit because I want to touch on the CDC today. But keeping with keeping keeping with your opening point here. OK, keeping with your because it's important and it's not being talked about and it's despicable. So keeping with that, the fact is, is that this is precisely what we've talked about with keeping economy shut down for an extended period of time. It will cause a depression and it's causing a depression in other parts of the world. By us staying locked down and shut down, it's causing that depression in other parts of the world, which it will eventually come here if it continues. And what will happen? You will have, you've said it, it'll cause all the other things to make the virus seem irrelevant. It'll be, the crime will be out of control. People will lose their homes. They'll starve. They'll be malnourished. You talk about a virus, a virus is going to be the least of your problems if you've got economical collapse. So I 100% agree with you, man. We, we've got to end this nonsense. We got to end this now. We've got to get back to business and we've got to get back to production. That's how it has to be until we can deal with these fools that are in these positions of power that have no business being there. Our negligence have allowed these pieces of trash to get in there and rule over us like tin pot despots. That's what they are. They're not supposed to rule over us. These no, are they're not. working for us. They're supposed to be working for us. Not They're not our leaders. They're supposed to make our life more convenient. They're far from it. Okay. Um, let's. Um, do you have anything else on that you want to you want to uh, say before we uh, before we jump to something else? We'll jump to the CDC now. Uh, go ahead. Okay. You gonna be all right, or do you need five minutes? Or yeah. Five no, minutes? I'm I'm fine. I'm fine. Fine. I've been go- dealing with this. Uh, the, the photos started coming in, and yeah, I, it just, I know it's bad. It got me. It's, it got me bad. off. It's bad. And there's freaking there's censoring. There's internet censoring right now. And so I'm getting things through backline. Dude, you guys have, oh my God, it's so bad. Journalist stuff stuck coming through. You guys are in for a, we're in for a big ride, guys. Big ride. It's horrible. Everything okay, that Johnny, all that stuff that you're paranoid about and all that stuff that you said, yeah, blah, blah, blah. And that you go off on Bruce and I are kind of like, okay, it's happening. Hang on a minute. Hang on a minute. All the stuff that I go off on, you say that I'm paranoid on? What, like, yeah, I, you I know, you know. <laughs> You know, it, the, the, this gloom about how, our, you know, it's, I mean, we know the government's not all rainbows, 
but you go off on how they're really manipulating and controlling us. It's yeah. so many factors. Yeah, I know, Bruce, yeah. you know, government bad. Yeah, I got that. But you really go off on this. They're manipulating us, controlling us to go a certain direction. They are. They are. This is precisely Absolutely, you're, you're seeing you're seeing right now what the agenda behind this is. And as as difficult as it is to accept that. What's happening in the third world right now, the, the second and the third world, what's happening there? Second and third world. Second and third world. What's happening there? That's what it's designed to do. This pandemic, that's what it's designed to do. Do you understand the amount of, I, I, I don't want to say the word hate. Hate is too, um, that's too harsh. Vitriol. Yeah. Okay. I, I, I could go with that. The, the, amount of, um, the amount of vitriol that the elite have for that part of the world, they consider that part of the world and us to a, greatest, to a great extent, useless eaters. Okay. That's how these people think. Now, that's not how I think. That's not how you think. That's not how the listener thinks. We actually have empathy. We care about what happens to our fellow human. These people that are in charge do not they have no desire whatsoever to help the world. You see what them helping the world has done. This, what we're dealing with now, this is what they call helping the world. Do you like the way that they help the world? Because I don't. I get very angry when I see this kind of stuff going on because there's no need for it. And I can see precisely what these people have done. I read their white papers and I see what they do. I've, I've read the history behind the agendas that they're pushing and what they're using, like their tactics. And it's disgusting. These people are the filth of the 20th and the 21st century. That's what these people are. These are not people that want a better humanity. They don't want to help you. They don't want to help me. They don't want to help someone from Central or South America. They don't want to help someone from Africa. They don't want to help someone from Southeast Asia. They don't. They don't. They're pathetic. They're pathetic. They're weak, disgusting, pathetic individuals. That's what they are. Speaking of weak, disgusting, and pathetic individuals, let's talk about the CDC. They've come out now and they say that they want to end the virus lockdowns. Well, I thought they were all for them. They're saying that their largest, you know, in the, in the beginning, their, uh, their most important and largest estimates or what they considered to be their best estimate for the case fatality rate was among asymptomatic patients. The World Health Organization estimated back in March a 3.4% fatality rate, right? Anthony Fauci, everybody knows Fauci, head of the NIH in the US, he estimated a fatality rate of the virus at about a 2% uh, rate. Of course, none of those numbers materialized, whether it was 3.4 or 2%. As a matter of fact, I don't even think 1% materialized. It was under that. So I've got the numbers here. These are the studies that have come out. And this is according to the CDC of the fatality rate for each demographic. OK, so we're going to go zero to 49 years old. OK, there's your start of your demographic. Zero to 49 years old. You're looking at a 0.05 percent fatality rate. OK, 50 to 64 years of age. You're looking at a 0.2 percent fatality rate. 65 years and older. That's, of course, the the, the big uh, the big fatality uh, demographic in all this is uh, 1.3% of a fatality rate. And overall ages uh, all together, if you average all that together, you're looking at a 0.4% fatality rate. And they, they estimate, obviously, that a lot of those um, that are infected are, are mostly asymptomatic. They're saying somewhere in the neighborhood of about 65% of all cases are asymptomatic. So my issue is, is, is they come out with these numbers. We were initially told in the, in the beginning that if we didn't do anything, we were going to be looking at 2 million, 3 million, 4 million dead, whatever it was. And none of that materialized. So we were told in the beginning, OK, go home for a couple of weeks because we don't want 
the cases to overwhelm the hospitals. We don't want the hospitals to become overrun. So we as the government are asking you, the citizens, for your help to ensure that this doesn't happen. So if it does hit, then we can give everyone care in a timely fashion and everyone can get help. Okay, fine. So we did what we were asked. And now we're in the midst of all this because the lockdowns now in some cases and in some parts of the country are never going to end because we need we need a vaccine or we need a cure. So nobody said in the beginning of this thing anything about a cure, anything about a vaccine, nothing. It was just 14 days so the hospitals don't become overwhelmed. We need to smash the curve. Okay, well, we smashed that curve. The hospitals did not become overwhelmed, regardless of what CBS News had to say. The hospitals have not become overwhelmed. As a matter of fact, we've closed down hospitals. We've sent home a lot of doctors and a lot of nurses. We've shut them down. They turned the lights off and went home. I heard a story of a, of a hospital down in Texas. Half of the hospital staff, half of it, in the beginning, before all this even started, just hearing of it, half of them walked off the job. They just quit because they were scared. So my point is, is now the CDC's come out and they're saying that the numbers that they're putting out now are unlikely to change, even with the new data, because they're seeing, of course, the spike in cases. But as you said, GP, that's because we're doing more testing. But the fatality rate is still staying the same. As a matter of fact, it's even dropping. So if they were wrong about everything up to this point, why in the hell should we have trusted them in the first place? And why would we listen to them again? Because they know what's best for us. They're the elite. <sighs> Did you miss my last segment, the <laughs> last rant that I went on? <laughs> no, I mean, that's what they expect, right? Yeah, they know that's what they expect. Yeah, that, that's what they expect. That, they, they know the best. But I mean, they have lost. So, and, you know, I, I want to, to have faith in the scientific community. You know, I'm all about the hard sciences. I'm all about the, the medical practices. You know, I, I want that data. I want real data. I don't care if it's bad, but I want it. And I want to see what we're dealing with because I'm somebody that deals in reality. I don't deal in, in conspiracy theories or in uh, or in fake science. I deal in hard facts, what I can see in front of me. That's the easiest way to take it. And that's the easiest way to combat it and get past it, because then you can understand, OK, well, this is what we have to deal with. This is what we're going to have to do. This is how we're equipped and this is how we're not equipped. And then you can move forward on that basis of real data, not this garbage. What they've done here, they've doctored everything. Absolutely everything has been changed. They didn't meet the numbers that they were predicting. So they just, as the term is now, they moved the goalpost. That's what they're doing. They're changing everything to COVID now everything. If you have a cough, guess what you've got? You've got COVID. If you've got uh, night sweats, you've got COVID. If you've got frostbite, you've got COVID, right? That's where we're at with this. It's a fraud. It's turned into a fraud. If it's a real disease, which it is a real virus, then let's deal with it and let's deal with it on level terms with the data. Let's not gin up all this nonsense because now, now because of their incompetence and their unwillingness to admit that they were wrong, they've lost all credibility. So how are we supposed to trust anything they say from this point on? What are you, are you suggesting that uh, this, uh, you know, the, the idea of social distancing was created by a 14 year old? I mean, that's just crazy. Uh, yeah, we're going to talk about that here in a minute. Um, but yes, this the, the thing with the CDC is just um, uh, they've been they've been wrong about everything. Like they, they haven't they haven't been they haven't been correct on one thing. They've gone back on everything. Oh, it was, it was spreading with surfaces. That's gone back. Oh, it's spreading from your house pets and your, your dogs and your cats. Oh, no, wait a minute. No, it's not. The masks work. Oh, no, no, they don't. Uh, well, yeah, the, the masks don't work. Then they work. We're going to arrest you if you don't use them. And now they don't work. So 
this is where we're at. This is the trend that we're following with these people. Of course, they're the federal government. I'd expect nothing less. Right. So to to put some type of faith. But see, this is precisely why they're using the medical establishment, and the scientific establishment, because they know that we trust them. This is why governments historically will use those organizations in, in terms of grabbing power, because they know that those are in the realm of the public trust. But see, now now in the midst of all this, when nothing is materialized and they're continuing on their process of doubling down rather than just saying, hey, look, uh, you know, uh, we were wrong and we're real sorry about that. And we know that by what we did, we wrecked the economy and we we destroyed people's life savings and we destroyed their businesses and we've we've broken the supply chain and we're causing uh, mass starvation in, in other parts of the world. Yeah, we're, we're real sorry about that. You people should be put in jail for what you've done. If, if this is not a crime against humanity, I don't know what is. I, I don't know what is. You know, we went after I don't even I don't even want to go there because I'll get down that rabbit hole again. I don't want to do it. All right. So let's. um. Let's talk about social distancing as, as if this wasn't bad enough. Social distancing. Bruce, do you want to talk about that? Do you want to do you want to uh, bring that one in and we'll discuss it? I feel like I'm monopolizing a lot of times here, a lot of the time here on my, my soapbox. 14 years ago, right? Two doctors more or less pushed the proposal or the idea of social distancing, right? They met with, who was it? Some, some colleague of theirs at a burger joint to discuss this. Yeah. Was not the colleague the one of the father of the daughter that designed uh, it? Yes. Right? It was actually, yeah, it was her her father and yeah, that one of them was a colleague. Yes. Okay. So so basically these two doctors are the ones that pushed it. Uh, there was their colleague, 14-year-old daughter, created a, a predictive model that showed uh, social distancing, you know, pandemics with and without social distancing, right? That she, she wrote a program with the help of her father. So really, you could say the father created it more or less with the help of the daughter, more than likely. But anyway, whatever. She's the one that more or less came up with the guidance or the guidelines for this. And that's where we got the social distancing. Uh, She wrote a paper on that for, was it high school? It didn't say what grade she wrote it for. Well, I guess it'd be middle school, wouldn't it? Uh, Uh, Yes. Well, it would have been a... uh I think it was no, it wasn't a middle school. It was a, I think it was a high school project, wasn't it? Like a science project or something. What's fourteen years old? Is that is that like ninth grade? That is. I don't even remember, it's been so long um, ago. It's, it's seventh, eighth grade, somewhere along in there, if I if I recall it right. Okay, so we'll say middle school, junior high age, somewhere in there, junior high age. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The the paper was called uh, targeted targeted social distancing designs for pandemic influenza. Uh, it set forth the models and even did a backwards examination of the pandemic in 1957. So basically they were saying that basically the, these these would have been effective, but it would have called for essentially locking everyone down under house arrest, more or less. Well, haven't we kind of done that? Sort of. You've been required to stay at home, more or less, but it's not to the extreme that they're, they're talking about here. They, the, the extreme they're talking about here is they needed a larger portion, the majority of the population to lock down. The same figures that we talk about as far as um, the number of people that have to be exposed to the virus and have antibodies for it, uh, for herd immunity, which I believe mm-hmm. is in the range of 70%. You would need yeah. that same amount of population to lock down, if not all of them, if possible, to stop or, or severely slow uh, the spread. Okay. Curious. How did this make it to where we are now? So like, I understand, like, that's the origin of it. So how, how did this make it to a point where this is the practice now of every Western nation where you can actually see, like, I, I see social distancing signs when I go to my gym. They're all over the place. I mean, people don't follow it because they know it's nonsense. But 
how, how did we get to this point where it's now part of this policy? That well, that it, it spread to so the father right talked to his colleagues that worked uh-huh. for the federal government. Uh-huh. Uh huh. There's okay. a Richard All Hatchet right. and Carter Bircher, I guess. Uh huh. Oh and yeah, the, they're the, the two initial. That, um, yeah. Okay, I see it now. Uh huh. Unbelievable. So this was actually okay. Th- this is something we did. We did talk about this because this was actually part of the um, the ideas of, of self isolation and stuff. That's stuff that we saw a hundred years ago, right during the uh, during the, the Spanish flu. So the social distancing and the social isolation that is though an, an old practice. So that, I mean that's that's kind of we we talked. Do you remember when we talked about Samuel Pepys when we were in with um, uh, with Marty that night about the Black Plague? Do, do you remember that? Because we were talking about 7,000 uh, people dying yeah. a, a week in London, or uh, maybe it was a day. I don't know. It was terrible. Yeah, yeah. But social isolation was even prevalent back then. I mean, this is how we ended up with with the Red Cross now, because you'd have warders that would go around during that time, and they would seal the houses. Like, they would nail the door shut. So, fa- like, whole families would have to stay in there. And y- you would have warders come around, and they would paint red crosses on the doors with signs on the side of the door or the side of the house that would say, Lord, have mercy on this house or Lord have mercy on this family, whatever. And that's how we ended up with the organization Red Cross today. So you know, interesting piece of history there. But the thing is, is being isolated is nothing new when it comes to pandemics. Sir Isaac Newton was one of the people that ended up leaving the city and they ended up self-isolating out in their uh, their, their family home at that time, where he wrote the fundamental foundation for uh, calculus at the same time while he was at it, oddly enough. So the uh, the thing is, is, I mean, it's not an uncommon practice throughout history to see that kind of thing. But I'm trying to figure out why they felt the need to employ it during this. And now it, on top of this, OK, in the initial stages, maybe, maybe. OK, maybe I could let that one slide in the initial stages because we were basing everything off falsified data coming out of China who suppressed everything. OK, that was the first thing. So we didn't really know what to expect. Now we're at the point where we are now of all these numbers are fake. The CDC is coming out, reversing everything. And we're finding out that this is where the origin of this thing came from and how it's wormed its way into policy of how they're employing it now. But everything's based on doctored up numbers and ginned up uh, statistics. So the fact that we're continuing this is even more perplexing to me at this point. And to, to be clear, though, the stuff that happened back in history, we call that quarantine. And typically we did it to the sick or the those that were more vulnerable to it. Right. And and people that social distanced or as we call it, social distancing or or isolated themselves were typically ca- capable of doing it, you know, financially and whatnot. If you weren't, you, you you didn't. You still remained in the workforce. And, you know, why why is why is this different now? Which, uh, as we talked earlier, this has ramifications on a much larger scale than just our local economy. We affect the economy around the world. So I hate to say it, make the, make a one world government. Everywhere reliant on one government. Uh, if you're a starving that's not, country. That's not a solution. That, that's not. I know solution. it's not a solution. I'm saying that that's what's going on. Yeah. Because yeah, as I'm watching countries drop, getting to the point it's so desperate that they'll sign on to anything. Yes. And that's that's the idea here, by the way. Like that's that's the goal is that that's the agenda that's being pushed now to push us into that, because now they're saying and this is a really interesting point you bring up, because now we're looking at countries are becoming further and further, shall we say, uneasy with their national governments, aren't we? Like we're, we're looking at a, an instance where 
okay, this government has failed because they're incompetent. They're not doing what needs to be done. Any normal, logical, reasonable thinking person, okay, with with a lick of common sense about themselves will know that these people are behaving like complete fools. So I, I don't care what West pick your favorite Western country. I don't care. Right. Pick your favorite one. The, these people that are in, in charge are behaving like complete idiots. OK. And they're treating us like we're a bunch of adult children. The fact is, is we're losing confidence in our governments. Right. Our national governments. We're losing confidence in them because we know that they're a fraud. OK. The agendas they're pushing are frauds. OK. We know this. So what's this going to do? This is going to cause us to push back and say, all right, you're illegitimate as a government. You're illegitimate. So we want this dealt with at some point. I mean, the, the, the counter reaction has not yet occurred. It will, but it has not yet occurred. I don't care what the newspaper says. A couple of thousand people or a couple of hundred people, whatever, from your respective state out there on the state house steps, that is not a counter reaction. OK, that hasn't happened yet. But moreover, to the point, as you put it, the people that are in other parts of the world that are collapsing right now, they're so desperate, mm-hmm. they will sign on to anything. OK, you get us in the West pissed off enough, which is where we're getting to be clearly, then we'll say, okay, you're illegitimate. That's somehow in the sick mind, sick twisted so? mind of these elites. You really think so? What? You think, you think, because we're being bribed in the West, bribed. bribed. First world countries, you know, like, so, just look at it. Oh, we're being bribed by bailouts and money. Look at it. Like, if you want to make the world a socialist, you know, monopoly on the entire globe, right? That's the goal. You want to push the socialist agenda, socialist agenda across the globe. Right now, this is the ideal situation to do. One, you bribe the countries that are the that are most reactive because you can't starve them because they're known to fight. So let's see, America, known to fight anything yeah. for any reason. You drop yeah. my beer. But guess what we're doing? We're fighting. Yeah, okay. we're going outside. So what you do, how, how do you deal with those kind of people? You bribe them. Keep them fat. Keep them stupid. Well, yes, you, you do that. How do you okay. how do you deal with other countries? Starve them. They'll sign on to anything. Well, yeah, but the hope is to get everyone Without to sign violence. on to it. Yeah, I, I understand. Right. But the but hope is like, to get everybody to sign on. You know what we on. should have had? Yeah, but you know, then they're, they're going to be pushing this. You know what we really should have had, people? We should have had a socialist program where the government was there to take care of you, and this would not have happened. I'm already but starting see, to see it, and I'm already seeing the propaganda, and it's already gone down to Central America. Here, here's they're my, already here's my issue. Socialist thing. I know. Here, here's my issue. Here's my issue with this. A world government is not going to fix this. A world government idea is what got us into this mess in the first place. No, a world okay? monitoring system like the United Nations, but with more power. Okay, yeah, but that's the idea, is the whole thing is supposed to be imploded. You notice now how the UN's being promoted as this legitimate uh, whatever, right? They're coming out Mm -hmm. as as this organizational body that's going to legislate how we uh, do public health policy with the WHO mm-hmm. and how each nation is going to respond with, you know, different forms of how your country should be able to speak to be inclusive and all this garbage. OK, this is an illegitimate organization and these people are jokes. OK, they're they're scum. So you're, why in the you're world see a thing? One world united. You're either part not of the solution or you're not. No. No, 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 no. That's how no, it's going to go. That's how that's how they're going to be pushing this. They're going to push it like that. Yes, they're going to push it like that, but it is not going to work. See, the fact is, is that when you try and unify the world, this has been done before. OK, this has been tried before. Yes. It's failed miserably every time in history when it's been tried. They're just going about it another way now. So they know what they've tried in the past. The world elites, they know what they've tried in the past. and It hasn't worked. So 
Now they've moved into religion. a new age. Well, it didn't, yeah, it but didn't work moved... because of religion. You have to suppress religion across the board. Which they're in the oh, process wait, they're doing of doing. That here in the United States, but aren't they're, they? Yes, okay. and they're trying to vertically integrate the supply chain and the economic system as well. That's mm-hmm. why they're trying to break it. There's a process and a procedure to do this, and this is precisely what they're following, thinking that people are going to go along with this. But see, when we here in the West get upset with our governments, that doesn't necessarily mean that we want those governments to go away. That's not what that means. What that means is we want the illegitimate scum that's in there that's selling out to the power elites in the organizations like the United Nations and the World Health Organization. We want them out. That's not that we want to get on board with that. You sign on to that. That's certain death. But we want out of that system. We want to break away from that system. The last time we had that was what? Revolutionary War. Because you want to say the Civil War is the last time that we broke down because of government. That's not the case. That no. was also about voters, too. Yeah, but that was like we're going today. Well, that was something else. But yeah. But the, the fact is, is that we we have to break away from these international organizations that are that are wrecking everything. That's the idea. This is what Donald Trump, the election of Donald Trump was about. This is what Brexit was about. Getting away mm-hmm. from these international organizations. That's the point of it. You notice Trump's pulled us out of the WHO. Or it, like the funding, at least from the funding, right? The funding, yeah. The funding, yeah. Well, the funding. Does I, I he have the would... po- okay? Does he have the power to pull the funding, or is he just yes. saying that I would yes. like this to be done? And no, it's already done. Cast it to Congress. No, it's already else. done. It's already done. Okay. This is precisely this is precisely why the WHO is out fundraising everywhere. And, and they've got ads mm-hmm. all over the place now because they need revenue because the U.S. was supporting like 70 percent of their overall uh, income. So we stopped that. Now they've got nowhere to turn. So this is why they're sponsoring all these events all over the world. Doing the organizations saying that we're evil. Yes. But organizations like the United Nations and the WHO, are, they've been compromised. They, they've been compromised. They're carrying the ball for big tech and for the CCP. So they're compromised. We don't want to be any part of that. We shouldn't be any part of that. Same thing with organizations like the EU. Okay, the organizations like the EU, that's an unelected body of bureaucrats. Why would anybody like why would anybody that has a half a brain want to be a part of that? So you want to be isolationist like North Korea? No, 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 no. Isolationism is not the answer. What we need to do is we need to be on our own, self-sustained, and we Mm -hmm. need to be friendly and trade with the rest of the world as it was intended. This is where it was before the Second World War. This is where we should have been. And mm-hmm. we decided that, see, America had a choice. America had a choice at the end of the war. OK, we had a choice. Go home and get back to business as usual and focus on our future. OK, that was our choice or stay in Europe. But we had to become a world empire. Those were our two choices. We didn't go home. However, the, and one of the reasons we didn't go home, if we would have left which I understand the reasoning behind it, this the strategic reasoning behind it. If we would have left, the British couldn't sustain it. The French certainly couldn't sustain it. Obviously, the Germans couldn't because they were they they were you know beaten to death in the in the war. We bombed the hell out of them, so they were in no condition to do it. Germany was split because we decided to divide up the spoils like uh, you know with the Soviets. So if we would have left Western Europe, then there would have been a power vacuum all the way across over to uh, back over to where we landed on Normandy, and it would have been the Soviets coming across. So there would have been a vacuum. So. So it was trading one extreme for another. It was it was just you were swapping one evil for the next. So we couldn't have done that. So we went the, down the road of a universal empire. Now we're entering a state of, well, we're at the end game of that because we've we've gone bust as a result of it. So the fact is, is we became this international body. We were used like a credit card by organizations like the United Nations to build build up this this world power structure system. And now we're at the end of this 
the system because we can't sustain it any longer. The United States is the fir- the world's first, the world's first, humankind's first universal empire, a true one. And the reason we are that you you can argue the the Romans, you can argue uh, the British. Okay, the British ruled the seas and they had the Commonwealth. They didn't rule the world. You know, the United States is in over 180 countries. So we are the world's first. And on top of that, and we rule the seas. We've also got the petrodollar. So we're the world's first true global empire and we can't sustain it. It's just not sustainable. So the fact that we're going to possibly consider this with an international body, with some illegitimate group of thugs and gangsters uh, like the CCP that are running the UN and the WHO. Hell no. Hell no. I wouldn't want to be a part of that. And I don't think anybody with a half a brain would either. So these people, all these people know how to do is is redistribute wealth and teach you how to speak uh, and tell you what you should and shouldn't do. So they have no legitimacy, in my opinion. They never have, and they never will. They're a joke. They're a joke. If it were me, and I've said this several times, and I'll say it again because this is who these people are. If it were me, if I were the president of the United States and I had the authority, I would have that building seized. The UN building, I'd have it seized. I'd have it padlocked. I'd have their diplomatic status revoked, and I kicked them out of the country. Go home. That's what I would do. Doesn't matter. Wouldn't do anything. But it would at least behind the scenes. What's that? The players are already behind the scenes. Of course they are. It's not going to matter. Of course they are. The, the current, one of the other goals that we kind of skipped over is uh, they have to have the world economies, to have a one world government, okay, you have to have all the economies tied together. Yeah, similar, uh, it's kind of a similar concept to the what the EU is doing, but more specifically, to, to do that, you have to bring down the big players. So America, we have to see an economic collapse to be brought into the fold of, of a, a one world government, right? Yeah. And yeah. with us collapsing, that would bring the rest of the world down with us, potentially. If that happens, it would be far easier to bring in, we're all in this together. We all have to, uh, you know, we're all the human race. We all should create this one world government, one, you know, to create peace around the world and economy, trade, all that stuff. Like we should all be tied together, one currency, all that I mean, they're setting everything up for it. Yes. The thing is, is even if we got rid of the the United Nations, if we got rid of, you know, they'll just all replace the, it with something else. They'll replace it with something else. Well, they don't have to. They don't have to. You've seen the stuff that's coming out with our State Department, our DOJ, the the stuff that's happening behind the scenes here in the U.S. You could get rid of it. It doesn't matter. There's players behind the scenes in our government and in other nations' governments. So at this point. It's going to take a lot of rooting out and and cleaning things up, and they're already they're already spooked, and many of them are going and hiding right now anyway. So or or you know and exactly and exactly yeah and exactly why are they spooked? Why why if they're so brazen, if they're so brash, if they're so legitimate that this is the way to go, then why are they scurrying off and hiding down in their little holes somewhere? Why? Because they know they're guilty and they know that what they're doing is a, is a complete joke and they know that their policies are failures. So why would anyone want to sign on to that? I certainly wouldn't. I would fight that until the end. I don't care. I, I would fight that until the end. And I will. I don't care if I have to sit here behind a microphone and do it or if I have to get out there and do it myself. I would not put up with that. And I, I see these people for who they are. And I encourage I encourage every listener to study these individuals. You have the time. You have the time now to start cracking open books and learning who these people are, learn what their agendas are, learn what their true goals are for not just a country, but how they're going to end 
countries because this is this is paramount. People have to understand this. This is not about a, a Donald Trump thing. That's, that's just a guy that that showed up that they don't like because he put a, he threw a wrench in the works. OK, that, that's all he is. Same thing with Boris Johnson and, and the whole Brexit thing that just threw a wrench in the works that set them back a little bit because they're out of time. They were hoping to have this all this put together and uh, with an unsuspecting populace up to this point, but they screwed up. Their time system is uh, their, their timetable is a little off. So they kind of um, I hate to use the term jump the shark, but that's kind of what they've done because they've overreached and, and they're using this pandemic to try and capitalize on it because this is it. I used the analogy once of this is two outs bottom of the ninth. And it's a full count. They're swinging for the fences. This is it. This is make or break for them. So we're at that crossroads now. We're going to have to make a choice on which side we go down, which road we're going to go, not just as a country, but as a civilization. Right. That's what it's going to be. You see the other side of it that's trying to break through. Right. The space travel, the medical advances, the technology advances. Right. That's one side of it. That's that's good. That is counter to what these people want. These elites. That is completely the opposite direction they want to go. They don't want another age of expansion. They don't want another industrial type revolution in the means of technology and and health uh, and intergalactic travel. That's not what they want. That's not in their interest. Their interest is to drag humanity backwards by a thousand years or more. That's what these people hope to achieve. Not moving forward, but they'll do it in the name of moving forward. That's the big fraud. That's the big fraud. I don't know. I don't know that I totally agree with that because one of the great ways to have control is to control your, for example, healthcare system. And if you have these great advancements, you know, gene therapy to where you can get rid of things like uh, uh, birth defects or, you know, what have you, cybernetic implants, that sort of thing. If you act right and you are not a problem in our society, then you get these things at a, either at a discount or you have access to them in general. Yes, um, but see, it's it's a, it's a new method. Yes, but it's a different. I see what you're saying. You're and you're right. But it's a different form of segregation. That's what they're going for here. They're, they're going for it's almost a breakaway civilization. They, they want to split people, right? They, they want to split things up. They want that system. Yes, they do. They want that system. So, yeah, you're, you're correct. They want it for themselves and they want it for people that will be accepting of the agendas that they push and the way that they want the world to be. So it's not about what you want. Individual thought doesn't work in this. So us as free thinkers, you know, no matter who, what your politics are, forget that, right? That's aside. But you as an individual with your own free thought, that doesn't work in this new system that they want. Yes, they want the advances as you're speaking. Yes, of course they do. But they want that for a docile population that's willing to do whatever they're told. They want that broken conformist out there. That's what they want. That That's the type of person they want. The one that's locked in their houses right now that are scared to death that if they come out, they're going to die. The ones you see driving down the road with a mask on, with the gloves on, with their windows up, with both hands on the steering wheel, white knuckling it, gripping it because they think if they put their window down, they're going to die. OK, that's the kind of people they want. That's the kind of people they want. They don't want individual free thought that can fight them, not just physically, but mentally and intellectually. They don't want that. They don't want a population that's aware of them and their agendas and what they want to carry out. That's not what they want. That's against their interest. They don't want a well-informed, well-educated, critical thinking populace. That's what those people fear more than anything else. How many people do you think would follow along with a one world government if they could guarantee the 8,000 or so different forms of birth defects or birth, you know, uh, genetic diseases, if we could guarantee the curing of that? 
And if you just agree to follow our, our laws, our terms, our system, you will have access to that food, shelter, you know, all the, all the standard things that socialism talks about. I think we're, we're pushing towards that. Yes, I, I think I think anybody that that wants that will will possibly any, anybody that says, OK, yes, uh, I'm all for that. If you jump headlong into that and you don't realize what you're going to be giving up because you would accept that, then I think you're a fool. And what I mean by that is, and I don't mean any, dis- any disrespect, because yes, you're, you're right. I, I, I see that. Who wouldn't want a world like that, right? Who, who wouldn't want a world that's, that could you know, eradicate disabilities or disease or, or uh, violent behavior, that kind of stuff? Who wouldn't want that? I wish we could live in a world that didn't have any guns. I'm a pro-gun guy, right? I'm, I'm pro-responsibility and pro-self-defense. Obviously, you know that. But I wish we could live in a world where those things weren't needed. But unfortunately, I'm also accepting of reality. Okay, so a good-minded person that that's their their greatest strength is also their greatest weakness. And by that, I mean, you inherently as a good-minded person know that you wouldn't do harm to another person. By default, you think that no one else is going to do that either. So these people, these elites, these so-called elites that come around and and offer you the world uh, and sell you on a better idea. Well, all I have to say to that is the road to hell is paved with good intentions. Well, no good deed goes unpunished. So <laughs> it's a good way to end, I suppose. <laughs> no. Um, yeah, you're you're right. Um, OK, so let's finish here with um, with some tech. Let's talk about YouTube, right? YouTube. Bruce, you told me YouTube is, is censoring uh, people that criticize the Chinese Communist Party. Yeah. So there's two specific phrases that they use but that's being censored. And one of them translates to communist bandit. The other one translates to 50 cent party. Now, you you obviously have to use the Chinese language there. It doesn't work in English, you know, the English mm-hmm. translations. But essentially, those are meant as insults or um, derogatory terms. And if that's used within about 15 seconds or so, th- they were being removed. Now, I don't know if that's still the case. I haven't gone in and tested it. If I did, I would have to make an alternate account and whatnot. But anyway, I don't know if that's still the case. It was going on for six months. And Google's, Google says, YouTube says, oh, no, this is an accident. This, this, is, this is something this shouldn't be happening. Uh, we'll, we'll look into it. The problem is, is Google's on board with the CCP. They've done dealings. Uh, what was it? Uh, Dragonfly, uh, I believe, where they made the, um, uh, yes. their own search engine. That's censored mm-hmm. for uh, for China. So, which ended up being canceled, and and uh, the 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 data that they had worked on, you know, the progress they made, they sent it to a different private company. So, it ended up getting done anyway. But nonetheless, this is not surprising to me because I mean, it's not uncommon that th- this is another reason why I say they're compromised. It's not uncommon that YouTube censors people. I mean, that's that's the name of the game nowadays, right? I mean, this is what happens. You come out and you say something that's against the World Health Organization, then your stuff gets taken down, right? If you're a prominent doctor and you come out and you speak against the WHO, I mean, the YouTube CEOs even said that, then they're going to conform to WHO guidelines. Well, see, now it's gone even further than that with the Chinese Communist Party. What did I say about the Chinese Communist Party? They've bought the World Health Organization. They bought it. That's that's how it is. So they carry their agenda. I mean, clearly, Bruce, we watched some interviews of the uh, some of their some of their people and what they say when it comes to China, if they're questioned mm-hmm. on China, it, it's it's clear that they've been coached. It's clear that they're carrying that agenda. 
And so now YouTube is on board with that. Of course they are. I went on YouTube a couple of weeks ago and I was, I was trying to pull a clip for something. I can't remember what it was. And all I saw on there were ads for the World Health Organization and what to do with COVID. And so I thought, okay, well, all right, whatever. But see, now, now as time progressed, you've got doctors that are being taken down off of there. Accounts are being shadow banned and, and delisted, demonetized. And now you've got people that are being uh, removed because or their comments are being removed uh, if they criticize the Chinese Communist Party. Now, why would they do that? What, why would they do that? Maybe it's Pretty because... Simple. Pretty simple. Money. They have a Money. bigger population there than they do here in the US. Uh-huh. I mean, yeah, if you just strictly looking at ad revenue. If one person visits it, right, they get an X amount of money for the ad, right? Well, they have how many over there in just China alone? 1.3, 1.5, billion. You have to stop there. Uh, YouTube isn't in China. Not, I'm not saying YouTube. I meant Google. Okay. Uh, well, Google, so, Google's yeah. not really there. They, they well, they, they've adapted. Yeah, they've adapted differently for, for there. They, they do have Google, but it's like they have to. Yeah, they, they've built their own system over there, right? I mean, that's that's kind of how they it's operate. Di- yeah, it's a different system there. Yeah. Yeah. But, but that's my point is they have a larger population there than, I mean- the EU, okay, fair enough. You know, if you take the, but what, why, why are our comments here in in the West? Why are they censored when we criticize that government or not even that government? If it's okay, well, they're doing it in this case. But even so, if you speak against the World Health Organization, your stuff gets taken down or you get demonetized. I mean, we're we're walking around treating them as they're the only game in town and they're the only opinion that matters when they've been incorrect about everything. Why would that make them? Does that violate our free speech? Well, yeah, but these companies don't care about free speech. We've talked about that at nauseum. They don't give a damn about mm-hmm. free speech. They're international organizations. They don't care about a constitution of a country, uh, no matter where it is. So it doesn't matter if it's the U.S. or Canada or, or you know, an EU country. It doesn't matter. They don't care. But the thing is, is these companies showing their bias like this, this is what's going to cause people to go away from them, right? It's not going to be the fact that they're demonetizing and, and delisting people and shadow banning people. People will go somewhere else. That's the free market. That's how it works. My issue with this is it's like the the people that are like these these Hollywood elites, right? Same same concept. They've made their money. They've got theirs, you know, that kind of thing. And now they're pulling the ladder up. Same thing with this. This is a company that's that's out there now. Google, their stated goal in the beginning when they were established as a company was to become the Internet. Well, they've essentially done that. So now that they're in that position, they're pulling that ladder up. And now they've got everybody in there. Now that everybody's on the reservation, they're going to clamp it shut. And so now you're not going to be able to speak uh, and you're not going to be able to put your opinion out there. So you want to say that my comments have to be taken down because I criticize a bunch of thugs that are oppressing a population of people. I'm sorry. Well, I don't want to be on your platform. How's that? I'll go somewhere else. There's other there's other competitors to YouTube out there. And quite frankly, I, I feel more inclined to go visit them. To be honest, the content on them, I think, is better anyway. But the fact is, is that these companies, I mean, you're going to have to take action against them. The, these companies nowadays, whether it's Facebook or Google or Twitter or uh, any of these stuff. Uh, now, I, I know we can go back and forth about this on what these companies do as far as censorship and all that stuff and what needs to be done about them. I don't necessarily think that these companies need to be seized. However, I think these companies are no different than the big trusts of the early 1900s. And what did we do with the big trust of the 1900s? That's what Teddy Roosevelt ran on. Bust the trust. Yeah, that was his thing. What was happening? Companies were coming through, mainly at that time, it was the railroad barons and the uh, the steel industry, the oil industry, that kind of stuff. Standard Oil, Rockefellers, Carnegie, JP Morgan, the, these guys, right? These are the ones that, that were coming up and they were buying 
everything. They were taking everything over. Education, entertainment, you know, government policy, everything. These companies are doing exactly the same thing. These are the big trusts of the new age. That's what these things are. So it's time to enact the Sherman Antitrust Act against these companies and bust these trusts. It's time to seize these companies and break them up. That doesn't mean I want the government to go in and, and take them over because you're just trading one evil for another. But it's time for these companies to be broken up. You've got to hit them with lawsuits. At the very least, at the very least, you can start by taking your approach, Bruce. You can start by getting your foot in the door and going after them and revoking their platform status. Because when they're starting to censor like this, that's got to be taken away, first and foremost, before you even consider anything else. I mean, you wouldn't have to have to do anything else past that. But I don't think it's going to solve the problem, though. It's still going to be a, okay, let's look at it this way. Let's say you're one of the ones that's pining for a one world government. Wouldn't you want the leading tech companies to be on board with you? So the fact that they're willing to do the censoring and stuff for the CCP looks pretty good for you wanting a one world government because you would need to quell dissenters. So you would need to know that these companies are willing to, you know, censor freely. So I don't know, the the fact that Google and Facebook and Twitter are flexing those muscles, I think it's I think it's a kind of a sign to the powers that be that they're willing to go along with this. So does it have to be that it's they're being pushed that way or could they just be the owners and the people that are controlling it just have to be leaning that way, left leaning, right leaning, whatever it may be. So they're I mean, if it was your company and you were closer to the extreme right, wouldn't you be more prone to have right content than the extreme left content? I would be more prone to not censoring anything, but... Oh, that's you as an individual, but think of it, try and think, put yourself in the shoes of somebody that's, you know, on that end of it. I'm too principally driven to, if if it were my company, I, I, I can't see running it any other way. I would run the company to the ground, running it in that sense, a, a, yes. a, sticking to those... Uh, Does a Democratic party have do the democrats and republicans their parties are they are their platforms are they in the same platform level as like google yahoo you know all of these youtubes same platform status uh what do you mean exactly um like you keep saying you keep mentioning that you know that youtube is a platform status youtube is a platform yes. status wouldn't the democratic party their their websites their their the way they get their information out be on that same category no. And it's extremely leaning politically. No. So the the platform status is basically liability insurance, more or less. Mm-hmm. So basically, if I as a user go on there and post something that's illegal on mm-hmm. Google, Facebook or Twitter or whatever, you know, the main platform mm-hmm. status, then they're not liable for the content that I place. That's basically what the platform status mm-hmm. does. I don't know the the entirety of. I mean, but they're obligated to find it, it, right? But they're obligated to find it and remove that information, correct? To a degree. I mean, they they have to show that they're doing efforts to to you know if it's brought to their attention, they have to yes. So if it's a left leaning platform, mm-hmm. when right leaning views be considered as dangerous or no. contra, you know, it's not the, the, okay. <laughs> the, this is, this is, I, I see your point and I get where you're going with it. The The catch is the, to retain the platform status. It's not your opinion on whether something is, you know, dangerous or not. It's a, is this violating law? Is it child pornography? Is it calling for violence? Is it on that level of things? If it is, then you remove it. If it's anything else that is, you know, not violating law, 
you have no power to censor it is the way it's supposed to be. And if you well, do yeah, on the it, left, they think it's all hate speech. On the right, it's a sin. So which one's correct? Neither. If it's not against the law, then you can't censor it. Okay. Well, okay. Think, think the left is hate speech. Mm-hmm. Hate speech is against the law, right? Define hate speech. No. That which makes you hurt your not. feelings. That's what hurts your feelings. That's the definition of hate speech, by the way. It comes down Te- to hurting a feeling. Technically, though, the First Amendment covers hate speech. Technically. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know. Call the violence. Uh, pretty sure it doesn't say anything about calling the violence. That It talks about violence when it's talking about uh, peacefully assembling, but I don't know mm-hmm. about. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. So, uh, my understanding is pretty much you want to say it, you can say it. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's my understanding, too. So, if if... Again, it'll depend on lawmakers and their their opinions on things. But basically, if it if it doesn't violate any law, then you you can't censor it. That's what the standard is supposed to be. But they're they're obviously not upholding that standard and giving them the platform status anyway. But I mean, would you be would you be supportive? Of, what would you do with a group that was like, say, the KKK, advertising a whole bunch of messages about uh, killing a whole bunch of people? Mm-hmm. Threats of violence are illegal. Okay, yes, that's true. Anytime you attempt to advocate for harm against another person, that's a no-no. I, I don't care what side it is. Well, we know it's not prosecuted on the left because I've... I've no, that's, I, that's I peaceful. I a dollar for every video no. I saw kill kill no. white people or kill no, see, Republicans no. or assault no, see, Republicans or assault G- the right. I'd, ha- I'd be a billionaire probably by now. GP, you just, you, you just need to... What you need to do is you need to get some... You need to go down to Home Depot and get you some quick read and then... Mm-hmm. Go over to uh, go over to McDonald's and and get you uh, I don't know uh, twenty five uh, milkshakes, okay, and then mm-hmm. but ask for fifty cups, all right, and then <laughs> dump out, yeah, dump out, yeah, tw- ask for tw- excuse me, ask for twenty five additional cups, and then dump mm-hmm. out half, right, mix the other half with quick read, right, so then you got fifty milkshakes to have at an anti fascist milkshake party. How about that? That's peaceful and loving. Yeah, that sounds fine. Yeah. That's that's the problem I'm having is I don't remember any liberal group in my entire history advocate for violence. That's because we're in the era of what we call liberal fascism, my friend. It's not liberal. Uh, fascist and liberal can't be in the same freaking sentence. The, not not by textbook. They cannot. You're correct. They're just hijacking words just to make them sound better. Yes. This is why a liberal is not a liberal. Yeah. This is why a liberal is not a liberal. Right. The liberal term. Right. A, a classic liberal, which technically is what mm-hmm. we are. Classic liberals. Mm-hmm. That stands for very limited government and more personal freedom. It's all about the individual. Almost no government. Uh, almost none. It, but you still have you still believe in the fundamental rule of law. And, and a civil Absolutely. society. So Absolutely. that's yes. But you believe that everything should be done based on the fundamental idea of self-governance and everything done from the local community. Right. So you mm-hmm. do everything in the local community. Everything's governed from a locale standpoint. And then it works its way upward. That's liberalism. OK. Laissez-faire capitalism. What built Western civilization. That is true liberalism. Vladimir Lenin called liberals in his writings liberal blockheads. Do you know why? Because they wouldn't compromise on anything. They were true, traditional, independent, free thinkers that represent a threat to collectivist ideology. So the Marxists in the 50s, they knew this. They knew going into the West 
after they'd established themselves in the Soviet Union, they knew going into the West that they were going to have an uphill battle on their hands. So what they do, the very first thing they did in the mid 50s after the Second World War, when they when they wormed their way into American uh, politics, which they were in before that, but mainstream. What's the very first thing they did? They knew that they weren't going to be able to compete with that word liberal. They knew they weren't going to be able to do it. So what they do? They took it over. That's all they did. So the liberals that are out there now that claim to be liberal are the opposite of what a liberal actually is. This is the hypocrisy that we're dealing with. But try and convince someone who claims to be a modern day liberal of what that term actually means. Okay, Thomas Jefferson was a liberal. That's what a true liberal is. Someone like that. Not this, not the snowflake politically correct nonsense. Okay. That's not a liberal. Someone that couldn't whip their way out of a wet paper sack that sits underneath of a tree at a college campus on a quad somewhere smoking dope with his sandals. Okay. That's, that's not a liberal. liberal. That is not that a is. liberal. That is not a liberal. That's, that's a, a free, Marxist. That's, that's, he's got the free choice as long as <laughs> he's, he's not oppressing anyone else. Okay. I... <laughs> Uh, this little these hippies those were liberals oh. they're taking care of themselves sure whatever it may be smoking dope whatever it is but yeah, they don't yeah, believe in may, i may not believe be, in I'm, free market capitalism they, they're missing that big fundamental thing there they believe in centralized they government control at, they believe in centralization they do, no no these new ones no no these new ones do these this that's new fascist organization I, they're not liberals in any sense of the word but you're talking correct. about these guys hanging under a tree I'm smoking not, dope just I'm living not, peacefully those are liberals I'm not, talk, I'm not talking about hippies okay that's not what i'm talking mm-hmm. about i'm not talking about that type i'm no, talking these about new the ones modern, are fascists one yes fascists. i'm talking about the modern i'm not talking forget the 1960s i'm not talking about that 1970s mm-hmm. whatever i'm talking about the modern 70s 20 year old 60s, late 60s 21 year old college kid okay yeah, uh, that's what I'm talking about. The one that's sitting mm-hmm. on a college campus today, smoking dope, talking talking to you about how they're going to run your life. OK, that's what I'm talking about. What language you need to say and how it's offensive and what hate speech is and what hate speech isn't according to what they say to you. OK, that is not a liberal. So can we wrap this up okay. somehow? <laughs> Peace, love, joy. I am inclined to agree with you. Uh, and I, I would. And remember, would, there are for every person you can think of the suffering. There's 10,000 more. And you heard it here. Uh, one world government will fix all of this. Oh, oh, will oh. not fix it. That will not fix it. That's the opposite direction of, way, of the way we need to go. We'll, we'll get it. I'll tell you what, we'll, we'll do a whole thing on, on one world government one of these days. And I, I would like to get into all those different avenues because technically you have to eliminate religion first. Yeah, that, that's the yeah, that's the big thing right there. You'd have to get rid of that. And that's not going to happen anytime soon. But anyway. All right. Unfortunately, gentlemen, I do appreciate all the points you brought up tonight. It's been a fascinating conversation. We didn't get to any of what I wanted to talk about, but that's OK, because that's that's who we are. Right. We're, we're not scripted people. You know, we, we advertise that mm-hmm. we're not scripted. We're just free thinking individuals who love humanity. That's it. We're not script readers. We're not radio people. We're not broadcasters. We're just people that are concerned about what we see. And we sit here and we voice our own opinions about it every day. Thank you, GP. Thank you, Bruce, for being here tonight. And from all of us here, wherever you are in the world, we thank you for listening. Because it's all of you that listen that make this all possible. We love you and we love freedom and independence. And together we'll continue to fight for those in the marketplace of ideas. So we'll see all of you tomorrow.